Each Teach Radio. Connecting with people. Welcome to the 11th edition of the Peak Performance Podcast with myself, Richard Pops. Today is part two of the racism topic that we started a few weeks ago. We've got the same guests in the building. We have Reggie, we have Faye, and we have Giles. So we're just going to kick straight off and get straight into there. Um, we were talking last time um, about microaggressions. So um, one of the things that we wanted to touch upon, first of all, is what are micro um, racist microaggressions? Um, do you want to give us an example, um, Reggie? Microaggressions can be subtle behavioural things. Give an example. You walk into a store and automatically there is a way that you are treated based on the colour of your skin. Yeah. Um, you might you haven't even stepped into shop and pick up anything, <laughs> but there's already a kind of a stigma behind what you as a person are supposed to be like, right? Yeah. Um, you might have a, a security guard following you around the store. It's a microaggression. He hasn't done or said anything, but that action makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. You know. Um, so it can manifest itself in so many different ways, but that's the quickest one I can think of that, um, you know, that I've experienced and still experience on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, definitely. And Faye, a Um, microaggression that you may have experienced. So, as Reggie said, it's, it's, it's almost making assumptions based on or prior understanding or knowledge or what they think a particular person should like or she should be be like or should act or you know and it's not necessarily that way um i'm not going to give examples because there's plenty (laughs) of examples again but yeah i just think it's about um the individual's mindset and their views and their perceptions and narratives based on any group or individual person so yeah cool 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 what do you say um it's a big topic and it's and it's um a difficult one in terms of to educate people about that they don't understand their microaggressions. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, someone will say, I'm not racist, but they will have a microaggression towards you by, you know, stereotyping what you eat, drink, mm. or even how you dress, mm. yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and it's really difficult to get over that sometimes when it's happening. You're in a work environment or you're just in society and you're driving your car and you could be stopped at a set of lights by the police mm-hmm. because they will come up with an example of saying <laughs> you didn't indicate or you were speeding. However, no it's camera's gone off. Mm. You know, you haven't issued me with a ticket mm. yet. You've stopped me. You've asked me a series of questions. Then you've started to understand that I can articulate myself or mm. I've got a profession. So then they change their approach. Mm-hmm. However, yeah through a microaggression it can also get you into a sticky situation because you're not aware of your rights etc yeah. etc yes yeah and that that's the the issue with microaggressions is that if we talk at society level a lot of microaggressions happen in school um where students are basically labeled as, as that's going to be a difficult one if mm. some of the language yeah. i've already heard yeah, yeah. or another microaggression <laughs> could be towards a black male as a boy um he's loud Mm. so you're not saying anything directly because there's lots of students being loud but you're directing at that one student yeah and i think you know it's about education because those microaggressions are inbuilt Mm. and they've been developed over history they've developed over time so people are not aware of that and that needs to change Mm. definitely because even 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 for me um I suppose growing up I didn't even really know it was a thing I just thought this is normal for us like I didn't realise that it's actually it's actually a thing Mm -hmm. you know now I try to to use the analogy of imagine carrying a rucksack with um, some weight in it and you've had this rucksack for ages it's been on your back for ages and you think it's normal Mm -hmm. you're not really clocked that no one else has got the rucksack on and it's only when yeah it's only when you you're in certain environments 
and then you wait up, then you take it off and you feel lighter, you feel more energized, yeah. you feel, wow, this is how we're supposed to be. Yeah. And then you go back into different environments and then the weight's heavy again and you think, wow, so this isn't right. This isn't, and for me, it's a form of almost abuse, yeah. you know, because it's, it's, it, it, can, it can affect your mental health. In a sense, it is an abuse of privilege, mm-hmm. um, you know, that some of our white counterparts don't have to deal with. Mm. You know, and it is, you're absolutely right, it is a weight, you know. Um, in a lot of cases, you know, you, you monitor how you behave in certain environments. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Just so to make other people comfortable. Yes. Yeah. And when really you, you're restricting yourself from being who you want naturally are yeah. because it may be seen as, oh, because I've pushed back, I'm being aggressive. I'm not being aggressive, I'm just pushing back yeah. on a point yeah. that I don't agree with. But it's almost like you're supposed to be this kind of submissive person and just accept anything that's coming at you. And I find, especially in the workplace, that it's sort of like, well, this is the rule. Um, Okay, cool. But there are different ways and different ways of approaching things in order to get something done. But because I haven't necessarily gone down that specific route but got it done, it's like, well, okay, hold on a minute. You know, we just don't do it that way. And I'm like, yeah, I understand. But you've asked me to do a task. The task has been completed. I've done the task in, a, in, in the my time. own way, in the time frame, <laughs> and it's been delivered to a high standard. So what's the issue? Is it just the fact that I've done it, I haven't done it your way? Or is it the fact that I've done it my way? Yeah. You know, so you yeah. find these little Can intricacies. I just, um, just to jump on the whole microaggressions and, you know, it being something that's almost pushed onto you and then you're, you have to accept it. Mm. I believe that as young black children and, you know, young black people, it from, well, depends on what type of home you come from, but you're almost taught about these are the things you're going to face, these are the micro And I sometimes do feel that they add to that that anxiety, of that course. feeling of, you know, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm, I'm trapped in this, okay, so I have... Depending on how it's it's modern, depending on how your parents taught you and mm-hmm. communicate it to you, yeah. I think it's only till you really get into the real world, like to for example, you're in work, you're in school, you're meeting different people, you're interacting with different cultures, mm-hmm. that you really understand what it is. Yeah. Um and you've almost got your back you you got your back up against the wall anyway because you've been spoken about it's been spoken to you about how you're meant to deal with these. But the reality is you're your own individual. Mm you're going through your own experience and you don't actually know how you're going to react to these microaggressions until, mm-hmm. you know, it gets to that point um, in time where you have to address it. Mm. But like Giles said, I also do believe it's about educating people because mm. even though some people are doing these things, some I just don't even think they're aware of it. Just like they're we've been taught... Not aware yeah, yeah, just like we've been taught how to manage it when, yeah. we, when we're faced with these things. Yeah. I also feel like... When we think about it, when you see two little children, a white and a black child, and I can use my child for an example, when you're playing when they're, yeah, they're playing too. together, yeah. they're not looking at the skin colour, and I do think these things are tall. So behavior. if they're tall, yeah. then it's also about us trying to, you know, decode. undo, yeah, and yeah. decode this kind of behaviour and this kind of thinking. Yeah. Because if we if we're not if we're not educating people about what they're doing, then we're always going to be in this cycle of yeah. we feel like we're carrying this rucksack. Mm. And I think it's about education. Yeah. At the end of the day. And I think that for me personally, what I'm going to do is if I feel, um, in if I feel a way in that situation in the yeah. workplace, whether I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to, to I'm going to I'm going to talk That's about it. I'm, I'm going to bring it up to. because I really want this to kind of stop now yeah. and that's the whole reason why i wanted to do part two and possibly a part three is yeah. because i don't want the top this topic to kind of fade back when people start to go back to work and lockdown goes over yeah. and we start it's to get back into that hamster wheel yeah. i want us to keep our foot on the gas and keep saying look this topic isn't going to go away we need to stop this privilege we need to stop these microaggressions and we need to and you need to realize how it affects us because I, I got stopped by a friend in the gym the other day and he asked my opinion. Um, oh, like this Black Lives Matter stuff, and Richard, how, how, how do you find it? And, um, like, you know, how have you coped with the whole situation? And how do you feel about George, George Floyd and stuff mm. like that? And when I broke it down to him about microaggressions and stuff that I've experienced since I was growing up from 
um, going to clubs in West End where, like, uh, if there was you and two black guys, they were like, no, nah, sorry, in. mate, it's, it's full. Not getting it, not getting it's full. In, not getting and then you would see a, a, a white guys walk in, what, yeah. mate? And, and they just walk straight in. Straight and I'm like, oh, no, he's, he's been in already or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I was explaining all these things to him and he couldn't believe it. And he's, like, about 50. Yeah, he experienced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't think anyone's ever spoken to him about it. So when I brought the topic up about, no, I've experienced it going to clubbing in West, in West End, like, this is, like, in 2000. Mm-hmm. You know, I t- spoke to him about um, walking and I'm the most happy-go-lucky type of guy, but then you walk past certain people and they look and it's almost like you, if they catch you by surprise, you, they look and they grab their bag because, mm. and it's just an instant Neg- reaction. Negative yeah, energy. Yeah, 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 where I'm like the most positive guy that you yeah. can think yeah. of and I wouldn't mm. even contemplate. I'd rather not eat than to yeah. grab your bag, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, it's just natural things that it's been kind of, I suppose, what the person who grabbed her bag, like when I was walking past it, she may have saw the news the night before where yeah, a guy in a moped was yeah. snatched phones or something like that. Mindset. Yeah. yeah. So if you times that by five or six, seven, you open the paper, you see something else, you see Raheem Sterling's got a gun on his leg and then the Daily Mail's making a massive thing over it and then you see something Even else happening. that's a microaggression. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So if, yeah. If, the, if the newspapers and the journalists and the people that are putting out things into the media already have these microaggressions of course it's going to kind of stem through to society society and that's where that mindset stems from yeah yeah and it's hard to it's hard to try and decode people Mm. who are already in that kind of mindset from when they're young being taught by their parents Mm -hmm. well you know you know your your mate reggie's all right but but you know what I mean. Don't invite Mary to the house. Yeah. Do, do you get what I mean? Yeah. So and I've had that in my that's, lifetime. Oh, sure. <laughs> but that's but that's that's the issue. Like what Faye's saying is yeah. that depending on your upbringing as a child, you could go out into the world with a mindset of I'm not actually going to succeed. Yeah. Because yeah. those are the barriers mm. that we actually that we actually yeah. been facing. Mm. So like, I would say that my parents weren't really, especially my mum, she wasn't over vocal with the barriers that I'd faced. Same here, yeah. But I'm not deaf or I'm not blind to what barriers they were facing Mm. or listening to conversations or even as I was growing up and listening to my dad talk about, you know, when he first came to the UK and how easy it was to get a job at first. And then when you were in the workplace and you did do overtime, you were then seen as being wrong and then victimized by a white person because they saw you as, you know, like a slave. So, mm. you know, you're doing extra hours, you're stupid or whatever, but mm. all they were doing was an honest living. Yeah. But I think as I got more older, I'd say around 10, 11, and like I say, I'll always use sport as an example, and I started to develop in sport, there was always that conversation of just try your best, mm. but don't worry. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But there was another message behind yeah. that. But they weren't, my mum wasn't putting me off it because she could obviously see, and my dad could see that I was good, but don't worry. And then the first disappointment, I'll never forget it, I was 12 years old, and cricket for me was like, like I say, like a big thing. Mm. And my dad played, so I never really got coached till I was about 11, 12. Mm -hmm. I remember going, doing well at school, my PE teacher was amazing, really pushed me, and then I got to the county trials got picked, but I could bat and I could bowl, but I was put as a bowler, predominantly. And I'd get in the car and I'd be frustrated. My dad goes, just wait your turn, you're gonna get a chance, blah, 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 blah. But actually what was going on, they were giving others an opportunity and not giving me that opportunity. Mm. And then there was like, but you know, there was a conversation where the guy basically said, because I've got Caribbean heritage, then you should be a fast bowler. Mm. But no, I could be a batsman and a bowler. In fact, I could have captained the team. Yeah, yeah. And it only took, like, for me to basically have a really strong performance for them to actually give me that opportunity. Mm. But then on the flip side, as I got more and more older, like, you, my mum would say, like, you know, when you go, make sure you behave like this. Make sure you talk like this. Now, all of these things... All of these things are not even stuff that she probably would have learned here. Mm. She would have learned that in the Caribbean because yeah. they were taught a certain way right. yeah. in the Caribbean yeah. at that stage because it was an English curriculum. Yeah. It was 
still a British colony. So how they were taught was the Queen's English, how they were taught how to behave. Yeah. Because they were going to come to the UK and yeah. conform. And all those things stuck in my mind mm. because I had to behave. Had to behave. If I didn't behave, then you're looked at or why are you being loud? Yeah. Mm. Again, you're going yeah. back to that same thing. And then you, you then have that air of, or lack of confidence to really express yourself. Mm. Yes. Yeah, and yes. I think... I think going into our profession, like myself and Faye, and it's good that, that, that there's, there's more black teachers coming through, but I think for myself, it took six years to even realize what I'm actually doing, because you didn't want to go in and just be the confident, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take yeah, this responsibility, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is what I see in London now with yeah. White counterparts, mm-hmm. by the time they've, they've got to like two, three years in, they're already, they're already the thinking system. of senior management and so on because the system encourages them to yeah. do that. Yeah, Whereas yeah. you'll see other black teachers, like I've got a, a colleague mm-hmm. who's a really good teacher. He's in, he's in charge of a, of a faculty, he's high up in the school. But he'll doubt himself whether he's ready for senior management. Mm. But you can't doubt yourself. You are ready. Yeah. yeah. You're managing people. You're managing kids. Yeah. You are yeah. ready. But there's a reason behind that because you're looking around and the fact that you're not even being seen as that person to go for it, you start to doubt. And yeah. it is that yeah. microaggression yeah. of, yeah. okay, maybe not yet. Maybe yeah. go on this course. Yeah. Maybe educate yourself a bit more. Then you'll be ready. But that's not... That's not what it's so about. Like you said, he's it's, ready. He's, he's ready. doing it. You're yeah. ready. Yeah. And it's yeah. also about the lack of representation. Yeah. In yeah. Positions. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you look around you, you, know, no you don't one, see no one else like you in but those that's, positions. But then so that's, should I then go that's, for it? Then that's the other thing where you, you mentioned Raheem Sterling, right? So that is the biggest microaggression in the UK, isn't it? Mm. Where you've got exceptional, outstanding, elite, what I call legendary sportsmen mm. and women that have represented Great Britain. Yeah. Okay. But how many of those legendary, exceptional, outstanding black men and black women are now in, in iconic figures yeah. in the UK? How many are politicians? Not many. Or how many are, are, are leading organisations to influence that yeah, sport? Not many. There's not many. Yeah. I remember seeing Ian Wright say, about his commentary on the BBC. He left for a bit, didn't he? Yeah. And he went to ITV. Yeah. And now yeah. he's back. Mm. Because before they go on air, they watch the game, yeah? Mm. And they compare notes and they say whatever. And they, they basically dub it ready for, for live TV, yeah. right? But he was saying that a lot of his time on air was cut because they would let Alan Shearer do it or mm. Lineker do it. Yeah. They wouldn't give him right the airtime. Yeah. Now, why is that? Because he's seen as the loud, and he's always seen as the loud, as the loud lad, yeah, cocky. Yeah. Not, but the, what the guy's saying is is very good mm. in terms of the analysis of, of the game. game. Yeah, absolutely. But he's not getting that. He's not getting those props. And then you look in journalism, and then you look in the media itself. Joffre Archer now for England. He's always getting picked on about his attitude. Mm. The fact that he burst the bubble and went that was that was it. He got, but then. A guy in Scotland's gone and done the same thing. Celtic, Celtic, they, yeah. they jump on it. Whereas there's been other there's no players, Jack Grealish, yeah. all of them did it over lockdown. Loads of footballers went abroad and whatever. They never said nothing. Yeah. Which one's, which one's just, got which, you know the, what I mean? the actual like, coverage? Who's got the coverage been, and who you hasn't? Get what I mean? And again, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. And it's just like, on that scale, I think, going back to what we spoke about in the last one, going back to now, like you can hear in my voice, it hurts me mm. because for me, it's just when is it going to end? Because ultimately, someone like Saul Campbell, they question his personality and say he's too quiet. But then you're not going to put Ian Wright in that position mm. because he's too, do you know what I mean? He's too loud. But, but <laughs> if, if Paul Gascoigne wasn't drinking or whatever, he'd oh, be yeah. in that position. All day long. It'd be accelerated. Like All day long. John Terry gets an assistant manager job, gets a pass. Yeah. Steven Gerrard gets a big job. Lampard gets a big job. So, where's Ashley Cole? Mm. Do you see what I mean? They're in the same team. In fact, he was better than all of them. Yeah. But, where's the coverage? Yeah. And it's got to be, you know, Ashley Cole's in the media because he was with Cheryl and he's done this and he's done... John Terry was cheating with his teammates. Why? Do you know what I mean? And he's the England captain. Didn't, didn't he say something yeah. racist? Yeah, he said something racist. Do you see what I mean? 
So where's the, the, yeah, where's the, the balance? Where's the balance? There isn't. Where's the balance? And it's bad to use sport as an example because it's happening in other things as well. Yeah. It's happening but I think TV. sport it's so clear, clear as day. It's clear. Yeah, exactly. It's clear yeah. as day. It's blatant like, I'm not saying what Tiger Woods did was right. He was, mm-hmm. he was wrong. Mm-hmm. However, how many top sportsmen have done that? Absolutely. A womanizer, Boris Becker's one of the worst, mm. but where's the coverage? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it happens in different ways as well. For example, we use sport as another example. <laughs> we'll take Paul Pogba for an example, right? The guy's got talent yeah. beyond talent. Yeah. But yet. They question his attitude. They question his attitude. But every single dressing room he's been in, They've always said he's a model sportsman. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He trains hard. He encourages the team. He's a winner. But yet the media portrays him yeah, yeah. as this person. Party man, he's a party man. The guy, the guy doesn't go out. Yeah, he's yeah. a Muslim. He, he likes to dance. What's wrong with that? It's part of his culture. Mm. You know, it's part of our culture. It's, it's how we express ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But yet the media has this, I'm going to say it's an agenda yeah. towards him, you know, and not too long ago with um, Graham Sunis, the guy wasn't even playing. He was injured. I know, I know. But he still kind of got the blame for how yeah. the team was playing. <laughs> Pogba this, Pogba that. And I'm like, how does that make any sense? Yeah. You know, how do you decode people's behaviour or mind to that when it's so ingrained that a person might not even be in the room, but yet they're the well, topic they of blame. conversation yeah. of blame. Yeah. I think it's a matter of where you have to sit them down and really get them to express their views and then correct them on whatever they say or think mm. that you think is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, Don't you get tired of doing it, but yeah. I do think it's a responsibility it's, of every single person that, like you said, that goes through it or has been through it. It's to your responsibility it. to just address yeah. it and yeah. say yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. you can be assertive. And this is the next thing. When you're trying to be assertive, oh, you're aggressive, you're the aggressive female, black female. But no, this say, is, you know, this is not As a right. woman, Faye, do you find that in the workplace? Oh, God. Or just in life in general? Um, I think, and I'm going to go back to like, you know, when I, when I went to university, I went to a training university for dance. And obviously, because it's a conservatory, um, a lot of people from Europe come in, across the world come in mm. to come to this place to study. And I remember auditioning and I was thinking to myself, you know what, even if I don't go to this school, but I go into that one or whatever, it's a big thing. Even in the back of your head, you're like, it's a big thing. Mm. Like, I need to do this. I need to get in. I need to prove that I am good enough. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I even think that in itself is quite stressful. It is. And it's me is. and a few of my um, a few of my friends, we, we trained together at one place and we got in, we all got in. And that's what brought us. We was, we was, I wouldn't say we was completely close when we trained elsewhere. But once we got there, it was just like you, you stuck like glue because you could see the microaggressions you probably i could probably count how many and when we say black i'm not talking about mixed i'm talking about fully black, black. i could probably count how many black females there were in my year group and um, probably in a whole conservatory wow so and then you're you're standing at the bar and you're doing ballet and you haven't got the skinniest of bodies and you haven't and you don't look like this and you don't look like that and you don't move like that but you have something. There is, there is clearly some talent. There is clearly a gift here because clearly they would not have taken you on. But is that true or is that just to meet their quotas? You know, like it's it, it's and just again, so, these are just so many different yeah, yeah, yeah. Fa- factors that we yeah, have to yeah, kind yeah. of deal with exactly. on a day to day basis. You know exactly. what I mean? Are you taking your face value or do you have, you have to, to reach yeah. a quota? You yeah. know, all of these things we shouldn't really have to think about. You should just be should living just your be. life as. Your yeah, life you is, should just be an individual. Yeah. But, you, but and, and I say I say it again, like I watched the I don't know whether you have watched it, it was on channel four the talk. Yes. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. really interesting to see like mm. how some people are like, I'm not gonna tell my child or I'm not gonna speak about it till a certain time. Yeah. But I think I was listening to the radio today and, and really like like idol of mine, Martin Afire was talking mm. and he was saying like when he grew up, you know, to play rugby, that was horrible. Like, yeah, yeah. But it was it was unheard of. And mm-hmm. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. But equally, that was them. Mm. But now, 
you know, different. things have moved forward. Yeah. 30 years time, things will move forward or again. should have moved yeah, forward again. again. Yeah. However, in this moment and in this time, which is a really strange time, you know, mm-hmm. lockdown strange, a lot of sad things have happened. And I just think what should really come out of it is equality. Yeah. Like, yes, you know, 110%. people are talking about yeah. COVID-19, but what people are, are missing is that, unfortunately, I don't like talking politics, but the government have got away with a lot. The mm. government yeah. haven't acted or, or supported the country in any way. Yeah, yeah. So they haven't supported schools by giving head teachers or, or organisations mm. guidelines on how to support these children. Mm. It's basically schools looking after it's themselves. themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay? So when we're talking about racism and microaggressions, within that own environment, you've got students who are black, white, Asian, mm. you know, got, got image challenges, they've got sexual feelings that they're going through and they're not having that support. Yeah. So imagine not having that for yeah. four months or however long and not having that interaction mm. and then coming back and mm. having now to face school. You're going to have a lot of affected students yeah. who are coming back into an environment also where their teachers mm. are coming back that have been exposed well. yeah. to, yeah. right, first of all, maybe illness, first of all, maybe loss of family, mm. but also they've educated themselves. Yeah. Like you've got teachers who are coming back and saying, well, why should I be in this position and not be supported or yeah. why shouldn't I be given the opportunity that I should be getting? And also they're going to look at students and think, not colour, but they're going to look at students and think, you know what, you're getting a hard time and I'm feeling what you're feeling because yeah, yeah. I've realised that I've been a mug as well. Yeah. So we need to wake yeah, up to this. Yeah. We all so, feel that. Right. So, it, yeah. so, so it's a really sensitive moment. Mm. And like, ultimately, like what really needs to be done in terms of moving forward and looking at the talk and looking at people talking about it now is that education has a large responsibility. Yeah, a large responsibility. 100%. And I will say, like I said, like, you know, my head teachers listened to the last one and he before that was very much, you know, pushing what we can within the school to put out stuff for Black Lives Matter because it's not right what's going on. Mm. But equally now, head teachers collectively Mm. have to rewrite the programme because they've got the power to because ultimately the government didn't support them through COVID. Mm -mm. There are organisations that you can go to and say, you know, this is what we've put in place and this is how we're going to deliver our curriculum. Mm. But then equally upon that, the nation has to take that on board because if you're sending your son and daughter to school, but at home, they're coming home to a different environment, that doesn't make sense. And the biggest thing that's come from this is that one, you know, you're going to have to take cuts. You're going to have to save money. You know, it is a pinch. But it's now a recession. Mm. So you're going to have to stick together as a community. And if you can't stick together as a community yeah, because that be person's got a different colour, yeah. then it's not going to work. And Faye hit the nail on the head. The majority of, st- of students that I teach are from all different backgrounds yeah. and they get along. Yeah. 100% they get along. Mm-hmm. Now, where does that change? Does it change because they get given a title? Does it change when they get given that title, they go into an uh, institution or they're in a group mm. where the person at the top still has those old school views? Yeah. 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 And how are we going to beat down those doors? Because yeah. if I'm coming into an environment and I'm black, but that person has those views, but then there's a white person in there that doesn't have the views of that person, then you've got to stick together. Yeah. But if yeah. collectively an institution has an issue, like the FA, mm-hmm. like some businesses, like the media, mm-hmm. then it's not going to change. Yeah, yeah I, and it needs to be called out. Yeah. Definitely. I'll give you, sorry to interrupt oh, you. I'll give, I'll give you a prime example. I don't know if you saw the program the other day. It was a documentary about Kwame Kwe Amar. Yeah. From yeah. Um, Casualty. Yes. Yeah. And he was saying that when yes. he was on Casualty, <laughs> he um there was like it was. A, Unknown kind of thing, but it was one black out, one yeah. black in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he That's was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So but it you was, could see it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could see it. Now. <laughs> and for years, 
you know when you watch you were watching TV and you just think, oh, oh that's there's a new person. one. Yeah, like, oh, there's a new one now. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. We're cool. There's there's one but of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but he, he was like um, on casualty. Um, what happened is that like there was rumours that there was another black guy coming in and stuff. So then they started to film <laughs> the other black guy scenes and he thought, oh, they're going to kill me off. Yeah, I'm going to they're gonna find me underneath the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> this other guy can take off. But he said he was pleasantly surprised when it was like the other guy started and he, they were playing on the, on the same yeah, scene. Yeah, and they yeah, were yeah. talking. And he was like, there's two of us now. It was like, it's a breakthrough. Yeah. Mm. And he was saying that like now, it's if you watch Casualty or Holby City, there's a lot more black and Asian people in it. Reflects, yeah, yeah, which yeah. reflects a little society. bit more society that we live in. Yeah. But it's funny to us to say in like what you said, that like to go into an environment where you may be the most positive, you, you may not have these prejudices yeah, exactly. at all, mm. but then whoever's in control of that... Yeah, manipulate it. Manipulate it, because they still have the old school, yeah. mm, no, you know, we have to have yeah. one in, one out. So mm. as soon as Kwame comes in, then we have to kill... Delroy or whatever yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. so move it out which is crazy yeah. you know? and I think that's what's mad about society though isn't it because a lot of what you were just saying Giles is so true but it starts from one in the home yeah. but then also within the institutions if, you, if you've got no people that represent the whole of society how can you make like a real conscious decision based on what is good for society? Yeah. You're basing it on what you kind of see as an individual, you know, and if it, if it is a white person at the top, then their view is going to be slightly different of what exactly. the world looks like. So, yeah. you know, in, in a sense, we have to, as a society, just try and be a bit more diverse. You know, yeah, I think I think it is communicating as well. Mm, you, know you know what I mean. So, like you're saying, you might have your white head teacher or yeah. your Asian head teacher, but it's about collectively head teachers. Doesn't have to be the head teachers within the same borough or the same um, what's it called network, but it's about collectively like being accountable, like mm. wanting to take this on as a project and saying, okay, how can I make a difference? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and to listening to yeah. other people and up because you you cannot do it all by yourself even if you have a strong desire to make a change Mm. as you know it takes a village to raise a child it it, it can't you cannot do it all by yourself it's as simple as that yeah Yeah. and and, you know i mean i'm listening i'm um you know inclusion for me is is a big part of trying to change this whole narrative you know what i mean and changing the, the outlook that our kids have moving forward you know um because as i mentioned earlier i think a lot of it will start in the home mm-hmm. if you're if you're a certain type of way it this then becomes just a generational thing you know from 50 60 years ago this is how we are in our family and these are the beliefs that we have it moves down to the next person but then it takes a strong person to maybe step out of that and think Mm. oh well you know what I don't actually agree with that yeah you know and then then that family view might change slightly and um, again we can talk about for example if you um, let's say relationships you know I remember growing up and it was kind of like well can't bring a white girl home You know what I mean? There was yeah. no specific reason. <laughs> but I guess from my mum's perspective, it was very much like, well, you know, we this is what we have been through. You know what I mean? When I came here, it was no dogs, no, no Irish, yeah. and no, no black blacks. people. Yeah. So you weren't accepted. So try and stick within your own your culture yeah, yeah, and yeah, you'll yeah. be okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And even her perspective as she got old, a little bit older changed Change. because the experiences that she was having, you know allowed her to go into certain um, organisations and maybe change things, you yeah, know, because yeah. I remember my mum was a member of the Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. And again, being a member of the Rotary Club, it was a very white orientated um, organisation. Mm. But by her entering into that organisation, she started changing things and the views that, you know, well, these white ladies yeah. had of what black people represented yeah even down to introducing them to new foods you know and new cultures new music and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. going on holiday with them you know Mm -hmm. to places in africa and caribbean you know so their whole view started to change but to get that kind of inclusion it just takes a lot of work it does sometimes it does feel exhausting to continually do that going back to what you said about like how things have changed so that's a really good example so like tv's changed 
Yeah. yeah, 100%. TV's changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember we said like before where like you'd only get to see black TV on Channel 4. Yeah. Channel 4 yeah. was like, Absolutely. Yeah. Channel 4 was That's pushing. <laughs> or BBC 2 at 3am yeah. in the morning. Because <laughs> they were pushing things at a certain time that no one really understood. Mm. But equally, Channel 4 would show it, but there was no adverts. Yeah. It was just silence because no one would sponsor that. That's right. That. Mm. But then equally, when you look at history and history is there for a reason you know when you look at Muhammad Ali iconic you know he did something that in those times he stuck his neck mm, yeah. he basically was Carried. happy to give away his boxing career yeah. he put yeah. his neck on the block and but now when you look was it 30, 40 years down the line the American footballer Colin mm. Kaepernick, Kaepernick yeah, yeah he's come out and done the same same thing yeah but when the president says, you know, he will never, blah, 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 that is there, yeah, yeah, clear yeah, as day, yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yes, Because absolutely. Muhammad Ali did it, and they victimised him. They even arrested him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put him in prison. Yeah. He should go to Vietnam. Yeah. Why should he go to Vietnam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't believe in it. So now, would you think Anthony Joshua, if they said you will go to war, mm. would Anthony Joshua be forced to go to war? Mm. No. Mm. Different rights. Yeah. Muhammad Ali did something that changed mm-hmm. the, course, the yeah. course of what we're talking about. Yeah. Now, what Colin's done, yeah. is that going to have the same impact? Because you think of people like LeBron James. I've loved what the NBA have done since they've come back. Like, mm. The adverts, the, the, even mm. because they haven't got fans of that, you can really see it. It's like blatant. All the vests, everything, Black Lives Matter. But... America still got this president saying, "Yeah, I don't." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So straight away, the biggest, the biggest in the world is saying, "I'm racist. I don't care. Yeah. I yeah. will accept you now and then." But if that's what when we're I about. Choose to, yeah. The closet, I'll accept it's you. The but closet. behind, yeah. behind the, yeah. I hate you. Yeah. 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 So imagine now you're a young British child and your aspiration is to go to America mm. or anywhere in the world. But you see what they call he's the one of the greatest leaders, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's mm. he's the president of the United States of America, that's massive. Mm. But yet he's allowed to come out and say those sort of things. And there's no um, consequence. And he's not checked on it. There's no consequence. Yeah. But and I'm not gonna go in again. I'm not agreeing with what with what Wiley said. <laughs> I knew yeah, you were gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same. So he says what he's gotta say, yeah? yeah. Okay. But he's victimized based on what he said. Mm-hmm. And his thing isn't even a gender against Jewish people. It's against the it's music against industry. against the music industry. He's and a ba- particular individual. He's, he's, he's yeah. directing the individual yeah. that's, that's yeah. basically victimised him. Mm. It's direct. It's, it's like a boxing match. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Now, the terms he used, maybe he can't articulate it so. how he yeah. wants to yeah. articulate yeah. it. And that's a mistake. Yeah. But then in the media, everyone's allowed to tweet. But when certain people tweet, there's action. Lock off. But when other people tweet and abuse sportsmen and abuse women, mm. do you know what I mean? Abuse gay people, there's all kinds of cover up yeah. and okay. hiding its yeah. fine. Yeah. And that's got to yeah. change. They've banned him from everything in well, there. You know, <laughs> then you get the, you know, that, that person <laughs> has the YouTube. freedom of speech. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at, yeah. you look at um, you to get him back onto yeah. it, yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. you look at Katie Hopkins, for example, blatant every oh day, God. she's been doing this. For years before social media, and Farage, you get what I mean. For years, what's the radio station? Um, LBC. For years, Farage. For years, and it's okay. You know what I mean? Because they have a freedom of speech. But when someone like Wiley does it and he can't articulate himself, because I believe he just didn't articulate himself. He just went in. He went in. Yeah, he went in because that is what it's his experience. But that's what that's that's also yeah. That's the person. That's the personality. But but the same as Ian Wright will say it as if he's on the TV. Nothing wrong with that. No, I think if you scratch a little bit below the surface. If any of us are pushed into a corner, because we're, come out we're, we're, we're frustrated mm. because it's yeah. years of knocking you down and Absolutely. chipping away at you. So yeah. if you push me to the point where I feel as though I'm backed into a corner, I'll come out swinging. Yeah. And I think that because he couldn't articulate himself, he, probably, yeah. he, came he out, would just, yeah. the, just the, the, the ratchet came out and yeah. it was like, F you, F you, F you, F you, F you. Mm. What are you going to do now? And let's, and let's put circumstances into place. How many people are in that dark moment at the moment? Loads. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's it. feeling it. Yeah. So everyone's going to speak out. Like, we're speaking out here. However, like, LBC, 
for for three to two years was pushing all that Brexit. Yeah. Yeah. When you drive to work in the morning and, and you hear people, LBC, I used to listen yeah. to it. It was only you know, one that I actually thought, okay, he seems to have a balanced yeah. view, and that's James O'Brien. Yes, yeah, the rest yeah, of yeah. And he's done, he's yeah. done, James O'Brien winds people up because yeah. he gets them to say what they're How actually thinking. thinking. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen it. He's, he's done a little snippet now where he's shown people's agenda mm. as to how do you feel now? You voted for Brexit. Yeah. We're now in an economic crisis. Mm-hmm. We ain't got no one to lean on. What political things were you voting for? Yeah. And no one can really answer. And then the biggest thing they come out with is immigration. Mm. It's the same thing over and over again. But Rehash. it comes back to how many people were outwardly saying stuff like, I don't want suicide bombers. Mm. That's racism. Yeah. Straight there. Because yeah. you're saying everyone who's a Muslim is a suicide bomber. Absolutely. And then all those things were going out, but no one was doing nothing about mm-hmm. it. Now, it took something blatantly wrong what happened to George Floyd. But weeks before, when that guy got shot, it wasn't that big. No. It took yeah. what happened. Because they happened so close, everyone was like, no, this is a joke. Mm-hmm. So society know what's right and what's wrong. However, like I say, the biggest mouth, the biggest tweet of them all is the biggest racist, yeah, Trump. Yeah. Yeah. He's out there fueling yeah. and he controls yeah. so many things. So yeah. really, what battles are we actually facing? And then it goes back down to networking mm. and actually defeating this type mm. of systematic racism because the underbelly is there. The BBC mm. have had to apologise this week. Oh yeah. my God. They're calling someone a nigger. Yep. Right? But then equally, you know, there's music that says it day in, day yeah. out. Yep. So are we helping the situation by saying, okay, it's right for us to listen to it and let kids listen to it and that's what music's saying? Or is it that like again we need to rise above that now and say do you know what you're saying we're not having it yeah yeah and we're not having it again it goes back, it goes yeah, back. No, you see my point yeah, yeah. we're exactly. not having it because the same as you're, you you will ban like i love my dancehall mm. i love it and you'll ban lyrics and you'll ban vulgar mm. yeah? yeah you'll beat out but you'll let someone com- repeatedly repeat some of the music that's saying that nah, i don't it's know ridiculous yeah yeah but you can hear one word <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean but this is what so i'm saying like, charles like it, it goes, goes mean, back though? quite far if we're taking like the music industry yeah you know what Everyone i mean and when yes. there was a point yeah. when it was a very conscious message that was being sent out yeah you know and certain words were censored because mm. you couldn't say that on a radio station or on a record, or it's now Simpson. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, cool, we can allow this. You know what I mean? But why are we allowing this to happen? Yeah, all dripping of a sudden. Into certain yeah, yeah, yeah. Like last night, I'm driving back, and some group of Asian guys pull up, and they they've got some Rick Ross playing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, look at this now. I'm sat here. <laughs> They're looking at me like, yo. And I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not even entertaining it because I'm like, what are you listening to? And then when you look around, other people are thinking what they listen to. What are we actually listening to? Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And that's my point about the media has a huge platform. Yeah. But like I say, I grew up listening to like Bob Marley, Dennis Brown, conscious reggae mm-hmm. that was sending messages that is now actually happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you listen to their music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like them guys were like prophets. Some of course. weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they were before but their even, time. But even Biggie, before their time, even yeah. Biggie yeah, was yeah, yeah. a whole other level. Two them guys, I'm like, they've lived a certain life. Yeah, and what they were talking about was real. Real. Now what they're talking about ain't real because they ain't living. There. What are they talking you about? Know? It's literally. <laughs> Do you know what they're talking about? Because I actually don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, it's not real. It's not real because them them guys had to hustle. But they were hustling in a time where they're close to slavery in America, but they're also close to oppression in America. Yeah. And they were living in New York. They were living in the Bronx. They were living in the Queen. You know what mm. I mean? They were living yeah. and they were, saying, they were saying it. They were saying it over under like like basically black market music mm. but it was getting spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how DJs become big. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with reggae and so on. Yeah, so yeah. there was a message. Now that message is still there because like what Wiley's saying is we're still being victimized. Like the same as reggae, hip hop artists were victimized before, mm. but now I'm not having it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But because he's okay because he's because he said it how he said because he said it how he said it. Do you know what I mean when Ice Cube and them came out and spoke out? Yeah, yeah. 
They said it. They went in, you know. They went in. Yeah, they said, look. I'm gonna shoot it. They, they were like, they were gonna kill. And remember, yeah. you know, back then it was like, we're, you remember? we're gonna like, shut you down. Yes, we're, we're not gonna play your music anymore. Right. But again, because of that, right. So you so, know, the underground so music now? scene. Yeah, so what's yeah. happening now? You know what I mean? We'll wipe out Wiley. Yeah. Mm. Who's next? Let Stormy slip. Let Stormzy slip. Mm. Next. But also, let on, slip. on on mm. that on let that slip. on that note, mm. you have. This is about fear mm. because you have other. MCs, other music artists that are in his realm are from you know their music has been inspired by him. Yeah. You know, and there's there's been no support. No. Yeah. So mm. so 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 what's happening there? Because they're probably scared that it's gonna. Affect it's gonna lock them down. Yeah. But I, I I do believe that sometimes it's sacrifice you, you have, have to, to make. A like what I say, Muhammad Ali. Because this is what he has done. He's made a stand. Yeah, he's saying yeah, yeah. I'm not in in the interview. He's basically saying, look, I'm not a new artist. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I've been here for years. I'm forty. Yeah. So I can say certain things. I've you know because he's made his money. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But as a new artist, you've got to toe the line. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to toe the line. You're trying to get yourself out of that situation or environment that you've grown Mm. up in and maybe live a better life. So you've got to toe that line. But again, it's these little microaggressions. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Well, you can't say that. Yeah. I mean, you can't talk about a certain type of society. But for me, like, for me, I've I've been listening to hip hop as you know from the old Boogie Bunch days and stuff like that, the Rampage days. But it's like even before then, you know. But um, it's like it's mad. It's like I remember listening to like talking about like UTFO, Roxanne, Roxanne, and all that sort of stuff, and Eric B and Rakim and stuff. Mm. You didn't really get to hear the word nigga or this is that or it didn't have to and and it was our thing and we and it sold and it's still and it's still yeah yeah had skill and i'll go on a limb and say enough of these guys ain't got no skill (laughs) (laughs) i'll just say gucci 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 they ain't got no skill i'll break it down now we're trying to be nice some of these dudes ain't got no damn skill yeah 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 no 100 percent. but for me it's like if you look at the bigger picture yeah who who made it who decided okay you know what we gotta get these guys to start calling each other nigger yeah we, we, we have to get them to call their women bitches and hoes yeah like you know what i'm gonna pay you a thousand pound if you say something derogatory about your own people or i'm gonna pay you hundred pound if you say something positive go yeah, ahead it's was, your choice there was, You're a, right. there was a meeting right. amongst amongst the higher echelon within music who then decided that gangster rap was the way forward yeah, exactly because Conscious rap. It's still underground. It wasn't said. It's still there though. It wasn't. No, it is, but not in the not well, not in the mainstream like how it used to be. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Even if you weren't into hip hop, you knew who Public Enemy and N.W.A. were. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You knew who Tupac was, and all of these guys were spitting some conscious lyrics. You know what I mean? Within it being gangster orientated. Yeah. And then that was kind of stripped out of the business. You know, into now it's who decided it. Well, but, now, industry, but now, but now, now we go back to industry it. and we go back to and music, and music, <laughs> and music and media. Let's make sure we don't get shut down. You know? <laughs> 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 Let's rein it in a little bit. Let's rein it in a little bit. When you go back to the music, powers that be, the powers that be, <laughs> the powers that be, the powers that be decided music, music and media. Music and media is powerful, powerful. Mm-hmm. So because powerful. it sends such a minute message. Like what I love now. It's like you go out and the way our kids dress now, like the old school basketball vest, yeah. the trainers, mm-hmm. all of that's come back. But yeah. that was music that influenced that. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your favourite musician was wearing that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it was a style fashion, and it was a culture. But you also did it because it was an image. Yeah. yeah. And it was an image that you supported and you felt it was a black thing to dress like that. It was a connection. Now it's a cultural yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, all kids dress like it. Yeah. All kids are like, my crepes are fresh. <laughs> Tracks, they're all like that. Yeah, so where's that come from? But then equally, that's a positive message because mm. their appearance, the pride in their appearance. But now the music in London alone is fueling a lot of crime. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm. there's kids that I know where we taught, mm. like um, in Newcross, that, that were around situations that was like, deadly and there's a lot of stabbings mm-hmm. and so on but that's the influence of music and that's a message being sent mm. now that message 
is allowed to be sent across the airways to make another black child think, because he said that, and because he used those words, I'm going to go and stab him. Mm. Do you see what I mean? That's yeah. one of the biggest microaggressions in the last 10 years mm. that's allowed to keep an area of society that unfortunately is lacking education. Mm. I'd say it's okay. probably even longer, Charles. It's, yeah, it's bored. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And they've gone out and, and hurt each other week in, week out. Week in, week out. Even during lockdown, it dropped and now it's starting to go up again. Mm. That's got to change. Yeah. Surely they can see it. Surely they can see that. Do you know what I mean? People need to understand that um, it, it, music is a very deep thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. People need to you. understand this. Mm. you got to remember people use chanting, people use dancing. It's a way of worship. It's a way to connect to a God. It's a way for spirituality. Mm. So... When we're listening to music... Over and over again. Over and over. It's in your head. It's just like you're chanting something. You're, you're remembering that and it's almost like it's a fuel. And it's almost going to manifest yeah, because that's... Yeah, it's manifesting itself and words are powerful. So, yeah, there is, that, that is going to have a negative impact. Some people oh, in it, certain it, scenes it, will disagree. It, it then becomes your, your, your sub... You know, it enters your subconscious and then, and then well, this is comes it. out in your conscious behaviour. 100%. You know what I mean? Because if, you know, if... You know, stabbing, stabbing, stabbing is all you're hearing. Well, then stabbing, stabbing is what you're kind of teaching yourself to do. You know what I mean? In a, on a deeper level, but until you decide or hear something that's maybe a little bit different from that. You know, even down to the, the type of games that kids are playing. Yeah. All yeah, of these yeah, yeah. types of things all connected, are all connected to the, to the way society is moulding itself, you know. Um, and it, it's an interesting one because in Scotland... You know, where they there's count, a really count, big stab, cal- um, stabbing culture up there. You yeah, know, it's yeah, not reported in the same yeah. way. Mm. You know, it won't be reported as white on white violence. Yeah. It'll yeah, just yeah. be reported as a stabbing. Yeah. You know, yeah. but in London or in, you know, inner city areas where there's a big black Asian community, yeah. it is, it's reported in a slightly different way so that the society can look at it and that's where these microaggressions are created. And it's a trophy. Some, yeah, some, some yeah. young men see yeah. it as a trophy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a trophy to say, you know, yeah. I did this, I did yeah. that. And then the trophy gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. yeah. And that's the vicious cycle mm. of, of, of that. And it's just, like I say, it's a, it's, a, it's a responsibility of the community, but the community can only go so far. Yeah. What are they listening to? How they're influenced? How they're, how they're spoken to? Mm. and who they see as someone to really confide in mm. is the issue. So if you're going to school and you're, and you're following a certain image and you're behaving a certain way, then you're going to succeed. However, a lot of them, unfortunately, are influenced and said, if I do that, that's not the right way. So mm. then it causes well, it's another not cool. problem. Yeah. It's not cool. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, it's... You know, that there's different it's the different forms of microaggressions you know what i mean and sometimes when you're in you know there's been many occasions where I've, i know i'm the only black person in this room mm. and on the one hand it's not that i'm any less intelligent than anybody else is in the room but it, you almost kind of you manage your behavior just so that it makes that whole room feel comfortable, comfortable. with you or, or accepting of you, mm. you know, not based on the skill set that you have to bring to that room. It's it's just managing that, you know what I mean? Mm. And so it makes it really difficult. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, feel yeah. the weight, you know, and we're not doing it for ourselves, we're doing it for them. Yeah, and, that, and that's, yeah. that's the bit that I find challenging at times. And as I've got older, I just do that less. That's what yeah. I was just about to yeah. say. As I get older, I tend less to give a F mm. about making other people feel comfortable. Yeah. If I'm honest with you, if there's something I'll say and I say it and then I, they may think, oh, he's an aggressive black but guy. But you can explain but yeah, But yeah, I'm, I'm very articulate. But mm. also, I understand that it's them that thinks that. It's not me that thinks that. Mm. So it's them that needs to do the work, yeah, not yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so they can yeah. fit whatever they want. They can go away and tell their wife, oh, I met this guy today and he was so aggressive, black guy. But then... That's something that he needs to work on because yeah. if he sees every black guy as aggressive, which we're not, mm. or black woman as aggressive, then there's something that he needs to 
think to himself, why am I seeing them this way? Is it yeah. something within me? Yeah. You know, does it, I need to change. Maybe he, he better, won't. Yeah. Maybe he won't unless he has a conversation with someone like us who's able to say, "Do you find me intimidating? Do you find you know?" And then be able to and really bring down why? And why? why? Yeah. Why and yeah. by interacting with me, you, him, her, she, he may be able then to 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 understand that actually you're not being aggressive. You're just passionate. But do you yeah. know what? Sorry, I, I would I would say all of us sitting at this table have been fortunate enough and. To you know, we've been gifted the opportunity to work in establishments and meet different people, and you know, in that in that experience, mm. we've learned how to manage or we've learned how to overcome these things. Mm. Some people just get on with their daily lives and they don't actually have the opportunity That's to do right. that. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean? Like I might have a work colleague, for example, and might say, "Oh, why? Why is it like? Or oh, what is that that you're eating? Or why mm. do you do that?" And I can actually have a long, extensive yeah, conversation about yeah, yeah. what it is in our culture, yeah. why we do this, and yeah. and equally can, learn yeah. about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, so, and this might be an interesting one. Like, all about the hair. Oh can I touch your hair? Oh god, <laughs> you're so fluffy. I don't know. Um, I've, as a male, I've yeah. had, I've had someone want to touch my hair. Oh god! And I was, I was outraged because I'm like, what are you doing? But it just looks. So like, do you, okay, so you're a man with hair with probably one type of style. No, if you're cutting all braids or. I've had many different styles. Okay. Mm. So, so this is this is new. With weave <laughs> and with braids exactly. and with no hair and with you. Can I talk? Can you no. imagine that? No. And that does make you feel. How, do you, how, how does it make you feel? Um, as do you know what? Because and this is what I'm saying because I'm. You're used to it. Yeah, because I've been given the opportunity to, to step into not even that. Going to school, going to dance school, being expressive, being in the creative and performing arts, learning about different people or different ways of just being expressive. Mm. That mm. is just a normal thing in mm. the art. So yeah. you cutting your hair or you doing something, you know, really elaborate, that's accepted but, in that realm. Yeah, but do you, in another realm... Do, do you think it's a normal thing? If you had to take yourself out from the, the you, yourself and look at it from a bird's eye perspective, would you say it's, it's a normal thing? It's not a normal thing, but... Like I said, I've got to the point, like we've all got to the point where you're like, yeah, fuck it. But it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it right though, because in the same way, I doubt that you would go up to your white counterpart and just go, oh, can I just feel your hair? Just no, randomly. Do you, you get what I mean? Because I can see it. So, and I would just ask you, oh, what do you put in your hair? Or how do you get it curly? Or, you know, the texture of your hair. Oh, so I can, well, I, I can understand. I can understand. Nice. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I can it understand is. They're curious. The, the, the curious. They're curious. They're curious. They're curious. I'm going to curiosity. say something. I think they still see us. And some people still have these views. Not all um, white <laughs> people. But I think some people that are not of an ethnic background still see us as... Almost like we're not human. Mm. We're not. We're not human. Always some extra. I don't know. Some special being. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a fascination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it is a fascination. Yeah. But again, this is like going back. It stems from generation yeah, to generation to generation well, to generation. When you know people were being viewed as animals well, in, in zoos it. and stuff. You get what mm. I mean? You know. Look at what we've discovered. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 And you it, know. And, it, and you're it, in a cage being viewed as like an animal. Mm. Mm. So it's an exhibition. Mm. Yeah, how your hair is an exhibition. The way it goes curly, the way you can change your style every other week, the way, and what people have to, un- what they don't understand is that the choices that black women make about their hair is not just for show. Mm. It's protective hairstyles. It's yeah. to keep it a certain way. It's to grow it. It's to nurture it. Mm. Because depending on the texture of your hair, you may have to have your hair a certain way. Yeah. You may not have the time in the morning to be getting the comb through and, you know, doing all these fantastic things. So there are reasons for different hairstyles. Mm. And if we just talk about those things and we make it very actually clear, mm. clear it's about communication. Mm. Simply communication so that they can learn about these things. Yeah. So I think that the, well, that was quite an extensive one. I think that, <laughs> like, for me, what I'm going to take from this and what I'm going to pay forward and keep pushing forward is just to keep on talking about this racism thing and just to keep on challenging anything that I hear or see that 
doesn't quite fit well with me. Mm. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to take from this conversation and that's what I'm going to continue to do, push forward. And if it makes people feel uncomfortable, then I'm happy to have a conversation with them and find out why it does and try to, um, yeah, find try out to why. educate yeah. them in, um, in some shape or form. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, like you, it's pretty much the same, is to, you know, to keep continuing to have the conversations and doing our little bit in order to try and change the way, you know, yeah, people feel like yeah. society yeah. Like develops, you know, so, yeah. yeah. Clearly it's higher up, so if you are in a position of power, you have the responsibility to make change and to do the best that you can to, you know, influence any change possible in mm. a positive way. 100% and on that note we are going to end so thank you guys for coming down this topic is is has so many layers that we may need to even do a part three but um in the meantime guys I hope you enjoy the podcast and catch you on podcast number 12 see you later HDH radio connecting with people